Thanks very much indeed to our young people. They're now clearing up and a big thank you to the parents as well for arranging. That's really good. Uh, coming up on the show, we've got Gavin Hawkins. He is next. We are chatting to him live about what's happening next at Learning Technologies Team. Really exciting chat. We've got absolutely love that. After that, we've got Richard Anderson. Love chatting with him. The brain the size of a planet. And I absolutely enjoyed that. And of course, we're catching up with Henry from eCadets for just more information on that. Get those texts coming. Keep the information coming. You can phone me, text me. You can send a pigeon. Get in touch. Uh, listeners, just catching up now with the amazing Gavin Hawkins. He's the strategic lead learning technologies in the Department of Education within Wolverhampton City Council. Gavin, welcome to Head Start FM. Thanks so much indeed for taking the time. Um, I wonder if I could ask you where we're going for our next thread, the next piece of work, the next thing we're doing as far as the digital technologies are concerned. Where are we heading? Okay, Russell, hi. We, our intention really is to look uh, in more detail at some of the um, pilot schemes that we've already been working on. Okay. Um, some things that we decided were working particularly well. Mm-hmm. Some things that we trialled and thought that perhaps we could we could amend them, um, and also to work in um, particularly focused on a cohort, uh, two cohorts actually of, of learners, uh, a primary cohort and mm. a secondary cohort. Mm. Um, and really we want to work in depth with those two cohorts now for, the, for, the, for this academic year. Is it too um, early to say what worked well and what didn't work well or you, is that information still embargoed until the report's out? No, I think it's, I think, I don't think it is embargoed. Okay. Um, I think I'm quite happy to, okay. to share that. Um, certainly the um, we felt that the things that worked particularly well mm-hmm. were um, where the learners were able to express themselves ah, rather okay. than it be um, us or other um, professionals um, leading some of those activities in more detail. Okay. We thought that, that particularly where where the learners were co-creating the content, mm. then we were getting real... Um, real traction and, and, and some really good, strong messages. Um, so in light of that, the, the next phase is very much around learner co-production and co-creation. Um, so really, I mean, the, the, the key focus, I think, for us is, is are those two cohorts of, of young people, mm-hmm. a primary cohort uh, and a secondary cohort. Um, and from the digital perspective, those are taken from our pilot group of schools. Okay. Um, and we've asked schools if we can have that cohort for um, six complete days, six whole days over the course of the academic year. Okay. Um, and we'll be working with them on specific projects that really test their resilience and place them into situations that they might, might find uncomfortable or challenging or have to work with others, um, solve problems, those sorts of things. Um, we've done our first day, which was uh, two weeks ago now. Okay. Um, and obviously you, your radio show on those two days mm-hmm. reflected the work that we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're now in the process of um, working with those young people um, to create a social network, uh, a closed social network yeah. group. Um, which 
will be our way of staying in contact with those young people between each of the six interactions that we do. Okay. Um, the second interaction will be coming up in November after half term. Um, we, I'm not going to give too much away no, because of course not. you never know. They might be listening, but there's a very strong possibility that they may get wet. And you're calling these these getting ahead days, aren't you? Getting ahead. Fine, yeah. okay. Or getting um, wet days. And really, the, the idea is that they're linked to one of our uh, resilience programmes okay. that we're testing within okay. the wider Head Start uh, programme. Um, the one we're particularly focusing on is the SUMO programme. Yeah. And okay. I know that you've um, spoken to Paul McGee mm. and, and colleagues from SUMO as well to talk about his program and we thought sumo was particularly good it it, it, it has a resonance with with young people they mm. understand it very quickly they understand the six mm. themes of, of changing your t-shirt mm. and uh, not wallowing for too long and um you know, seeing things from other people's perspective mm. <clears throat> so our idea was to try and build um six days around those six themes mm. um the first one as i say was a changing the t-shirt day and the, and, and the young people actually designed their own t-shirt those are currently being printed wow. and the intention is that the young people will actually wear that t-shirt it has a strong message that the, the young people design themselves that message will be on the t-shirt and it's it's very much the way in which they want to be perceived over this next um six getting ahead days so those will be printed oh they're going to be worn oh, i see i see oh they're going to be worn during those days ah excellent yep. uh, were you surprised by any of the outcomes from the the t-shirt day did anything dazzle you or disappoint you in any way or did you um, pick any top top tips up from that yeah i think i think we're constantly surprised at the creativity mm. um of the young people the um we we trialed the changing a t-shirt day ourselves um, within the team, and our designs were not terribly creative, as you can imagine. Um, the young people's designs were really, really good. Wow. Um, some of them are, there's some very, very strong messages. Um, there's also some interesting messages that probably are more thought-provoking. Okay. Um, but prior to designing the, the positive, the strong message, we, we also did an exercise where uh, the young people designed a T-shirt that, um, was 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 less positive and was more reflective, um, okay. and may have been related to a particular event that happened in their lives that they found difficult. Hmm. Um, and those messages certainly were were, were, were very striking, um, and also the, the the stories that went alongside some right. of those messages. The young people were able to articulate those very strongly. Um, so so we're looking forward to to, to seeing them again. Okay. Um, I think the 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 um, responses that we've had um, since, both from the staff, because we also like the staff to take part. Yeah. Um, and the staff certainly, uh, I think, I think there's some trepidation about day two um, because it is very much an outdoor day. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll certainly be taking the young people's um, reflections at the beginning and at the end of the day okay. um, to see how they think they might have coped with the challenges that were put before them um but equally we'd like the staff to take part as well mm. because we think that's a very good message you know we think it's yeah. important that yeah. the young people see that it's not always as easy for us as adults either um there are challenges that we have to deal with ourselves mm. i 
amazing. So um, some positive and some interesting outcomes from there as well. Um, going further forward, other things that you're going to be trialing and, and testing out? Can you, uh, can, uh, are there any kind of um, things you can drop into the conversation about that or is it all closely guarded? No, I don't think so. I think there are some other things that um, in terms of the, I mean, in terms of the getting ahead days, sure. um, you know, there's a, um, each of the days will have a particular theme. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, there will be a filmmaking day right. that will be coming up. We'll be going to a particular location to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be a, um, a problem-solving day, again, an outdoor experience where young people will have to work in a group. Uh, and interestingly, of course, that the primary cohort is made up of children from lots of different schools. Right. So the young people themselves, don't, at this point, don't know each other very well. Right. Um, but by the point, by the time we get to the problem-solving day, hopefully, those those um, friendships and relationships will have formed. Right. And, um, is, and is that a key requirement for the activity? Has that been built in as one of the the, the requirements? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. It's, it's very important. I mean, what we've done is we've tried to we've, we've created a a, um, a, a false class situation if okay. you like so we're working with a, a, a class sized cohort right. because our our intention is um by the end of um this current academic year the same group of young people will present all of the work that they've done to a group of head teachers from wolverhampton mm. um with the intention that schools if we get the um phase three head start funding right. schools will be able to um take the program and work with it with a with a, a class size of of young people, the fact right. that we've taken our cohort from many schools was was in order to create that class, right? To to prove that you know it's a sustainable model. Absolutely, <clears throat> and no doubt about that at all. Um, what about the secondary pupils? Because now we're we're up to sixteen, aren't we? The, this next phase has actually broadened the age range. That's right. Yeah. So we're, we we've now moved um, to age sixteen. Right. So the cohort of people of young people that we've got. Um, are from the uh, current year eight, mm-hmm. um, and equally the, the, the activities that we, we've set for them are, are slightly different to the primary cohort. Mm-hmm. Um, the concepts are much the same, but the, the content will, will differ slightly. Um, but equally, we think that the approaches that we'll take, we could use with um, year 10 okay. um, quite comfortably. Um, it, it, in very, it's very much about the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very interested to see um, the sorts of comments and remarks and support that um, the young people will request through the social network, the closed social network site. Right, okay. Um, and it will be very interesting to see how the primary cohort and the secondary cohort differ in okay. that way. Can I draw you a bit more on that? Because you've chosen to use Yammer, which is yep. a, a Microsoft Office 365 product, so yep. it, it shouldn't be entirely unfamiliar in the way in which it functions and works and everything. Well, when is that starting to be used? Have, have we got young people contributing to that already? Yeah, well, no, we, not currently. Okay. Um, okay. We need, we're, it's our intention to make sure that that's um, robust this week. Okay. Um, and then next week we'll start visiting the schools. Okay. Um, it's by invitation only. Right. So um, it's very much, it is very much a closed and, and, and secure network. So okay. we invite the young people um, to be members. Right. Um, our first activity is for them to um, set their own ground rules okay. within that environment. So ideally, our intention is to try is to visit each of the um, schools in the in the program. Okay. 
um, just to do that initial launch of Yammer. Okay. Um, and as I say, there will be two networks. There will be a primary one and a secondary one, with potentially the opportunity partway through the year for those two networks to merge. Okay, so everyone in the primary can talk to everyone in the primary, and everyone in the yep. secondary, of course, uh, can talk to everyone in the secondary. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. what about adult involvement in that as well? Okay, so um, the learning technologies team, we're obviously involved in that. Sure. Um, and we will be setting um, specific challenges or specific questions each week. We'll be encouraging the young people themselves to pose questions and, um, hmm. and, and develop content. The, in the, the staff from each school hmm. will also have accounts um, and will be able to contribute um, by invitation. Right. Um, and it was the, the young people's view that at the moment that was, um, that would be the approach that we'd take. Right. And it might be at key times during the year that um, we actively encourage the contribution by, by the staff okay. as well. So very much a kind of young person's-led discussion there. Absolutely. Are you going to use yeah. it for perhaps feedback? A bit with a, a selfish hat on now, just wondering maybe around some of the 4YP radio shows that we've just finished today, yeah. on, on Thursday, because it's our live broadcast day. Um, I just wonder whether there's potential here for online discussion during Absolutely. the live broadcast as well. Absolutely, and that's really important. That's, that's, that's one of our okay. main targets. Um, because essentially what we've got with the, the, um, the, the young people's radio show, we've got a cohort of young people from our particular school yep. on Thursday um, presenting that, 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 that programme. Um, we deliberately selected the 4.30 live um, slot so that the remaining cohort, the, the young people from the cohort, mm. could then contribute. Mm. Um, and we'd like them to contribute via Yammer, but also via your normal text hmm. um, and uh, email service as well. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's good. And I just wondered how, when the rollout is start. You're saying you need to visit schools for this. What, what, what's the long term? When do we think this will be? Will be in a position to receive comments and people be able to log on um, and contribute during the live kind of thing that we're doing? How, how, how much further? I mean, it would be really nice if we can have that in a position to, 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 to have that happening next Thursday. Okay. Wow, the next okay. show. Okay. Um, and that's, that's certainly our timeline. That's, okay. that's where we're looking. Okay. That's Heath Park. So uh, yeah, if you're able Heath to tune Park, in, yeah. it would be really nice if we could, um, uh, if that was possible. That would be really, really good. Just to see how that kind of works. Because that's, that's for, for, for us in the kind of radio world, that's, that's the kind of social media blurring of the lines. Typically for a, a mainstream adult show, we'd use Facebook. Um, yeah. But that's not appropriate for particularly young pupils. And the kind of discussions that we want to have uh, around um, uh, mental health uh, perhaps need to be at least started in a secure or at least safe environment where Absolutely. we all feel a little bit less exposed than in the, the public domain. So I completely get that. And I'm, obviously we're very keen and very excited by that. And it's also the, um, it's the opportunity to model that good practice, mm. you know, often called netiquette, you know, the way in which we mm. communicate with each other within that social network um you know the way in which we support each other mm. um so it's really a, it's a really powerful thing for us i think and it's something we've not done before mm. um it's taken some significant um uh, thinking and setting up to ensure that we've got the right messages um i think we have i think we've got the right platform mm. as well 
Um, and it will be really, really interesting just to see how that develops over the over the year. Mm, that's really good. Can I just just finally ask you, uh, with a, a, perhaps a, a more strategic view about the other Head Start projects that are going on around the country? Um, do you think that Wolverhampton was very well placed to embed the digital strategies in the way it has? And have you seen that done elsewhere? Or were some of the other authorities probably less confident using the technology? Can I can I draw you on that at all? Yeah, I, I think I think we're we're very fortunate um, in that um, the Head Start program within Wolverhampton has mm. not, whilst it is a public health program, mm. um, there was an opportunity to involve those of us within the education department mm. as well. Um, given that we have our learning technologies teams. We, we clearly were at a, um, we, there was a distinct advantage to us mm. um, in that a lot of the things that Head Start was, was looking to address, we were already looking to address ourselves right. um, and using digital technology to do that. Yeah. So I think um, in many ways we were, we were sort of ahead of the game. Um, it's not stopped us from having to, you know, really reevaluate some of the things that we're doing and have a specific focus on okay. particular digital aspects. Um, and I guess that for the other um, the other schemes around the country, you know, having that central um, digital technologies team that has a focus on education, um, those teams, you know, often don't exist anymore. Um, and I would imagine that for some mm. of the other areas, that that's probably more challenging. Okay. Um, I think what's really important for us as well is to make absolutely sure that it's not about people like me um, telling young people what to do. Okay. You know, it, it, it can't be about men in grey suits telling young no. people how to behave digitally. Um, it's got to be about young people influencing other young people. Okay. Um, so we, we, we just make sure that we, put, we have the, the infrastructure and the systems in place to enable that to happen. And I think that's probably where we are at, a, at an advantage um, to, to some, of the other, some of the other schemes nationally. Brilliant. Uh, Gavin, thank you very much indeed. It's always great to catch up with you and thank you very much thank for your you conversation me. today on Head Start FM. Gavin Hawkins there from Strategic Lead from the Learning Technologies Education Team, Wolverhampton City Council. Gavin, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Russell. Get a head start with headstart.fm for a resilient generation in Wolverhampton with Russell Proof. Supported by the Big Lottery Fund. A new initiative for 10 to 14 year olds and their families from across Wolverhampton. Thanks very much indeed, Gavin. Really good. Uh, we had a text. I, this came in at the end of the show. This is from the um, head teacher here, uh, Gary Gentle. Thank you very much indeed. He says, fantastic. Well done, everyone. And uh, we echo those sentiments very much here as well, Mr. Gentle. And amazing. Kids, I think, picked up an enormous amount. Uh, here as well and I'm not going to pretend it is easy in any shape or form we really do pile on the pressure and with the the focus of a live audience related event there is simply no getting away from what has to be done in the timescales involved so uh, thank you very much I think they performed very very well really really good and our first one of the series in a school our two original shows were of course uh, held at the Molyneux Stadium with the fabulous Steve Bull MBE um, absolutely amazing opportunity to meet him in 
interview him again. Uh, speaking of uh, prestigious opportunities and occasions, next Wednesday, listeners, an opportunity to drop something into your diary. Next Wednesday, we are bringing you the Head Start 5 p.m. till 6 p.m. live show from the heart of Cardiff. Yes, we are at the Educating Cardiff School, Willows High School. We'll have some of the young people, some of the stars that you've been watching on your TVs in the last eight weeks. We will have them live in the studio and some of the hair, some of the stars and the senior leadership and of course the head teacher as well. We will have them all for you and if you want to get your questions to them you can ask them real. Just drop me a tweet or a text this week or send me an email uh, to studio at headstart.fm that's studio at headstart.fm and we will ask our guests during our live show what questions you would have them answer for you so that's something to look forward to next wednesday that's the day before our thursday live show my goodness so busy next wednesday the head start fm daily show is coming live from willows high school big thank you to gareth ritter and congratulations are in order for gareth as well excellent um and thank you very much indeed for ordering and sorting all of that out uh, because it's just an amazing opportunity to get all of that ordered and absolutely sorted out with you as well. Uh, still to come, we've got Henry and Richard Anderson. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to me, Russell Prue, live on Head Start FM. An amazing, an amazing show today, people. Make sure you join in, tune in every Thursday. This is 4YP, radio for young people, by young people. Live from Wolverhampton, 4.30 Thursdays, on Head Start FM. Broadcasting across the world, on the Anderton Tiger Radio Network. Uh, listeners, really pleased to have uh, really pleased to have Richard Anderson, who's an Apple Distinguished Educator, and more importantly, for the purposes of this conversation, a Learning Technologies Consultant at Wolverhampton Learning Technologies team. Richard, welcome to Head Start FM. Thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm great. It's lovely to speak to you, Russell. You are very kind as ever. Can I chat with you about Junior Apprentice, these brilliant days that you've been putting on? Uh, and for those that haven't had an opportunity to look at it in greater detail, just kind of outline the day for me. What does it involve? Um, so the, the Junior Apprentice uh, project uh, it ran through uh, much of last year mm. and the the principle of it was we wanted to um, work with Head Start schools mm. on a creative project which looked at how they could um, think about the, the principles of Head Start and applying those to a, um, a project we had to create an app. So right. the idea of the, pro- the project day was they designed uh, an application, a mobile application, mm. um, and the specific sort of um, area that they were looking at was the transition from primary into secondary school, which is obviously a, a time of significant stress for many sure. um, young people. Okay. Um, so it was very much a project-based learning uh, experience for them um, in which the students uh, spent a day designing their app, uh, creating a sort of prototype version of their app, mm. Um, and then working together to create a presentation. And then in the afternoon, they uh, presented their app ideas to uh, a panel of dragons, um, sort of um, professionals that we brought in from outside the school who came in and looked at their presentations. Sure. And then for each school, there was a, a winning team who then moved forward on to um, a final okay. that we had in the summer term. Um, compete uh, sort of a uh, competition between mm. um, five schools, I think. Wow. 
And then in that final, the winner of that then gets to actually have their application designed for real by a mobile development company. We're based okay. in Wolverhampton. And have we, have we've, we've reached that point, have we? Is that in development yeah, now? Yeah, so, so that so what we're now we're now at the stage where that winning team who were from Parkfield Primary School okay. um, are now uh, starting work alongside Void Applications on the next phase, which is actually turning their their idea their design into a, a a real application wow when you say junior apprentice was this only open to primary or did secondary have a crack at this as well we did have we did have yeah there was the, the, okay. most of the schools were primary but there was one uh, secondary which was uh, heath park who were actually okay. involved in head start so they, they it was okay. actually in the final where you've got the primary and the secondary okay groups mixing together and competing on a sort of level playing field. Okay. Uh, that went really well. What, what was the app about and were you surprised by any aspects of it? Um, I think the the way that the students thought about that transition was really interesting and, and they have very clear ideas about exactly what, and from the perspective of the primary school students, they know what they're worrying about and from the perspective of the secondary school students, they know what they were worrying about and okay. how that matched up to the reality of that transition. Okay. Um, and I don't, I don't think we had huge surprises in the areas of concern okay. for them when they were thinking about their, their applications. They were around um, relationships and so making friends in a new situation because obviously many year six students, they all sort of scatter to the four winds for different <laughs> primary schools as they move on. Okay. And they're concerned about making new friendships uh, in, a, in a large and to them, you know, often intimidating yes, environment. Yes. Okay. Um, there are concerns for them around simple things like organising themselves, getting lost, not knowing where their next lesson is, uh, not knowing how to seek help um, okay. in terms of, you know, who do they speak to if they're having an issue in school mm. in, in this new environment. And I think the, the winning Parkfield app um, sort of um, played very heavily on, on that principle. Wow. The idea there would be sort of teacher profiles and it was about opening up... Um, avenues of communication between the year sevens as they would be and and the the, the members of staff in the secondary sure. school that they could approach for, for help and support okay so it looks like kind of co-production this kind of pupil voice kind of rules okay here yeah? yeah absolutely yeah it was a it was about really listening to the to the young people getting them working as independently as possible mm. but with sort of support from uh, sort of professionals there as advice but it was all about their ideas and turning those ideas into something that they would actively want to use themselves rather than sort of being dictated to by um you know by by teachers and by professionals who who think they know what the young people want rather than necessarily always listen to exactly what they Isn't want. Isn't that always or quite often the case there? Have you been surprised about any of this work in any shape or form, particularly in the way the kind of technology and resilience kind of chime off each other in this? Has anything dazzled you or surprised you or scared you? Um, I think we, we, never, we never failed to be amazed at just how sort of um, integral to young people's lives technology is mm. now. Okay. That you can't sort of separate their lives from their use of technology and that any sort of attempt to pretend that um, technology is not at the very heart of what they do, how they communicate, how they create is is um, naive on the part of <laughs> older folks like ourselves who 
weren't necessarily brought up or you know sort of immersed in that environment when we were 10 years old 12 years old 16 years old sure um they don't they don't separate they don't see the distinction between the technology part of their lives and the rest of their lives it's all woven together so is that why you think so many of them get into trouble with technology and, and by trouble i mean kind of uh, on the safeguarding agenda kind of overexpose themselves digitally in that kind of arena um i think it's like it's like anything else in that you know um if you um misuse the tools and the opportunities that are available to you in life then dangerous or harmful <laughs> things can happen um so it, I, don't, I don't necessarily see the distinction as opposed to the sort of lessons and the sort of things we thought about at school. But, sure. Um, I think obviously it is probably possible for them to get into difficulties far more quickly, mm. far more rapidly than was the case for us when we were similar ages. Because, Good point. Um, there's just so many possibilities when they're online, when the young people are online. But it's about helping them to navigate that. We can't mm. put our heads in the sand and pretend or no. discourage them from doing X, Y, and Z. We've got to try and uh, encourage them to evaluate the risks for themselves and to really think through what they're doing. Indeed. Um, and to, to get the best out of the technology they have available to them because it is amazing and it is you know, positive and it can be life-changing in so many positive ways for them. No sign of it disappearing either. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Richard, you also have responsibility for the website content, particularly mm -hmm. uh, headstart.fm, which is a very popular kind of media portal now. Uh, what's happening on there and what plans do you have for it at the moment? Uh, in terms of the site at the moment, one of the major uh, bits of work that I'm trying to do is trying to really highlight the, the pilot projects that are going on around in the city as part of Head Start. Okay. Um, so there was a, obviously a... Because of the, the, the student voice being so important in Head Start in Wolverhampton, the, there were a variety of pilot projects that bid for funding from the initial uh, Head Start funding. Mm -hmm. And they were then, um, we had Dragon's, student Dragon's Den panels who mm -hmm. then went and looked and evaluated each of those projects and were heavily involved as to where the money went. So that money is now being invested into those projects and those projects are doing some fantastic work. But I think what we're trying to do at uh, this phase of the website is really reflect the work that's going on in those different pilot projects, make sure that that work isn't sort of siloed off in different parts of the city, mm -hmm. and it's being very much reflected on the site a little bit more than we maybe did last year. So I've been actually actively going out and trying to uh, interview some of the key uh, people involved in some of those projects and, and uh, promote what they've been up to on the site directly in the form of these sort of more journalistic style interviews with some of the, the say the key the key people there can i um just ask your opinion how, how does the the head start wolverhampton kind of uh website compare with some of the other head start websites that are around how do, how do we sit in the kind of ranking there um oh uh <laughs> i haven't created a league table but um i I mean, I think. I mean, I can't. I can't speak for for there for okay. all of those other sites, obviously. But I think that what we have always tried to do is try and, and, and um, communicate the student, make sure the students' voices are there, that the stories are there. And now we're trying to do the same, as say, with the, the people who run those pilot projects. Hmm. Um, you know, it's not an easy job to reflect such a diverse set of projects that are no. happening around the, the city right now. But um, trying to do our best just to just to get a flavour of all the stories because Head Start is a, a sort of 
sort of a huge collection of stories happening all around the city. Mm. Stories of the people running projects, stories of the young, young people who are engaging with the projects. Um, and if we can just try and get some of those stories onto the website, then that really helps to communicate what's happening in the city. Even better. Can people from the website connect you if they've got some connect with you if they've got some stories or they've got some content they'd like to share with you? Well, Is there an easy mechanism? The, all of the posts um, obviously have a comment form. Ah, okay. So people can add in their comments. That is a sort of a moderated situation. So of they course. can comment on a post and then they, those can be approved. There is a contact form on the site um, that allows them to communicate with, with us directly. Cool. Um, so yes, they can, and absolutely, if we can, and, and obviously they, the, there are social networking avenues, so they can you know, they can comment on Facebook posts. We have a, a Facebook presence. We have a, obviously a Twitter presence Great. at Headstart.fm. So I mean, that would be absolutely fantastic. And obviously, there's the radio shows as well. They can now be communicating into those hmm. those radio shows, phoning in, texting in, and, and sharing some of those some of those experiences and it's been great going out and speaking to people in these projects and actively hearing about you know genuinely life-changing good uh, projects you know working alongside for example um, I don't know, girls who've been through traumatic experiences the last uh, article that was published was for a project called girls can do mm-hmm. they work specifically with girls in the head start target age range who'd been through some sort of traumatic or difficult experience sure. in their lives and uh, some of the stories and some of the work going on there is really amazing. So, are young people right. coming to the site to look at it, or is it just adults? Do you know? Do you have that kind of data to hand? Uh, we don't have demographic data. I mean, we, okay. we can see sort of the the, the numbers of individuals um, reaching the site, and we can see you know standard sort of web analytics type things okay. about you know whether they're using mobile or desktop okay. operating systems and what browser they're using. But there is certainly a lot of access from from smartphones and okay. uh, mobile platforms as opposed to everyone sitting there on a on a PC. So okay. we hope that they are, okay. um, but it's very difficult without actively tracking people okay. to, to know exactly who the visitors are. Okay. But, you know, any of that feedback coming in would be fantastic. Indeed. Uh, and hear specifically uh, from people who visit the site. Brilliant. What they think. And via the website uh, and via the radio station as well, I guess that's a, a really Absolutely. useful kind of thing. Best to know that. Uh, Richard's been an absolute hoot. Thank you so much indeed. An insightful uh, conversation there. I'm really, really pleased that the, the website is just looking gorgeous. I've always said it's just an amazing. Um, and you've had a major part in the input in that. It really does stand head and shoulders, I think. Um, above other websites of its kind. And uh, if you're not able to say that, I certainly am. And um, it's really good and well done. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining right, us today as well. Much, really Great good chatting you. live there with All Richard right. Anderson, learning technologies consultant, a distinguished Apple educator. I do love that. Uh, Wolverhampton Learning Technologies team. Richard, thanks a lot. Okay, thanks very much. Hi, this is Debbie Forster, Managing Director of Apps for Good, and you're here listening to Russell Chris delighted to have with me Henry from eCadets. Henry, welcome to Head Start FM again. It's so good to catch up with you. How's it going? Oh, it's fantastic. It's great to be with you again, uh, being on Head Start FM. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, really good. Um, it's fantastic since the last time, uh, obviously, speaking with you good selves. Um, the, all Head Start uh, schools in Wolverhampton will all be receiving the eCadets scheme. Brilliant. So all the, the primaries and the secondaries as part of the scheme will be getting full access. Uh, and the full access as well opens up not just the scheme itself, but the opportunity to safely talk, collaborate and connect with all of the other eConnect schools 
not just in the UK, but around the world. For people that haven't uh, met you and haven't listened to the conversation before, I can't imagine, but very quickly, just outline the whole concept of the peer mentoring kind of aspect that we find so compelling here. Yep, certainly. For, for me, I mean, with my background being ex-police uh, and working in, in specialist areas within the police force, it's very much one of those things where looking at online safety, peer mentoring, peer leadership mm. really works. Mm. It's, um, it's just it's the one solution that consistently delivers, irrespective of the school's size, where the school is, mm. um, combinations in the school. It doesn't matter. It just works no matter where you are. And I think one of the reasons being is that Children will always listen to their peers. Mm. Children will always listen to children. But one of the things that they want is they want the children they're talking to to have the right access, the right knowledge, and the right support. Mm. And that's very much what the eCadet scheme is all about. So the teams of eCadets at the schools receive specialist training, support, contact with ourselves, mm. so myself and the rest of the team, uh, who include other former police officers. And uh, the work that we do through the site, so there's an instant messenger. So any question at all that the child is asked by uh, any other children at the school, mm. they get to fire it straight through to us. Wow. As do the teachers. The teachers have access as well. And then there's also activities and challenges that they get to work on with other uh, e-cadets at their school and with all of their other friends. And then there's league tables and there's points. And it's just it's fantastic. The kids get to have fun uh, and they get to be able to learn about online safety in a fun and interactive way, uh, not just through traditional ways of teaching online safety. Indeed, and traditional, I am on record saying, crusty old blokes telling young people how to behave online when they don't even follow the rules themselves. It's, it's bizarre, really, and I, I like the refreshing approach you have. See, you're connecting lots of young people. What's the size of the community now? What are we talking about, Henry? Yeah, well, the, the scheme itself, I mean, it launched on Safer Internet Day 2014 after a pilot stage. It went for its full uh, major launch uh, September 2014. And uh, since then, we now have in excess of 2,000 schools across the UK and internationally who are part of the eCadets. Wow. Uh, and that means that we have uh, a reach of more than 770,000 kids who are benefiting from the eCadet scheme. And uh, not just in the UK, as I mentioned, but also internationally. So there are schools in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, South Korea. Mm. Um, and uh, as of this week, we now have our first two schools in Zimbabwe. Ah, now that's very interesting because there's an opportunity now to learn uh, more widely what are the challenges and the pinch points for children in other countries. Very interested in that. Yeah, definitely. And it's one of the things that we've found already with the connections that the ECADAP schools are making across geographic uh, boundaries with, through the sites because they can talk and connect and chat with children going through very similar experiences. So they're also ECADAP schools. Mm. But they're, they're talking about not just online safety, they're also talking about the cultures within their countries. They're talking about uh, what life is like uh, comparing between the different countries. So actually, the eCadets has evolved not just to be about online safety, but the way, and we always love the creativity that teachers have and the children have, looking at the creative way that they've taken the platform that we've built, and they're actually using it now in class to support other areas of learning. So you know, looking at geography, looking at literacy, looking at maths, yeah. all through the opportunity where they get to talk and collaborate and chat in a very safe way. So if I'm a practitioner in a Wolverhampton primary school, what is it that drives my pupils to want to come to your site? What is it? What, what's the magic ingredient? I think the magic ingredient is fun. Uh, the, the, the kids genuinely love the site. Uh, it's built very much uh, with children in mind. 
and also we're very um, very intuitive in terms of listening to what uh, what pupils want, uh, and then making sure that we can deliver it through the site. So they get to have fun, uh, they get to uh, talk and chat with their friends, but also knowing that there's somebody there who knows online safety, and I've worked with it for more than 12 years, mm. the team, as I say, have got lots of experience. So knowing that there's somebody there that they can always ask a question. Uh, for example, uh, an answer that I gave to a recent question, someone was stuck with Minecraft. The zombie kept killing them at night. It wasn't what I was anticipating for online safety, but the question came up nevertheless. Yep. The zombie kept killing them at night, and they said, what can we do? Um, well, Chloe, one of the team, is a really big gamer, and she loves Minecraft. And she actually said, I know the answer to this. It's like, okay, what's the answer, Chloe? Uh, basically, in Minecraft, no, sorry to, to digress to this. No, in no, Minecraft, that's a good one. There is um, part of the land, you'll find uh, like a big pond, almost like a lake, and a lava pit right next to each other. Mm -hmm. There's a little strip of land. If you dig up the strip of land, so mm -hmm. the water flows into the lava, and then stand in the middle of the water at night, whenever the zombies come into the water to get you, the water current just washes them straight into the lava, and they die. And you never have to worry about zombies again at night. Um, I pulled out to a, a, a Key Stage 2 assembly uh, very recently and had a standing ovation. So uh, that's just one of the examples with the, the questions that that we have had through the vast majority are, yeah, is this game safe? Uh, is this app okay to use? Yeah. Um, you know, should one of the questions that came through, people worried about FIFA 15, because a while ago the referee suddenly ended up headless and was bright green and running around. So they thought they may have been hacked. So, you know, it, it, we get lots of questions. And these are the type of issues and questions that children have and children worry about with online safety, but feel that either you know, a teacher or a parent might not know the answer mm. or that it's not important enough to, answer, to raise with them. But it's something that they still have as a concern that they want that kind of input and that kind of help and support with. Uh, and that's just one of the benefits that they get with the eCadets, is they know there's somebody there who, who knows the world uh, of online safety, who knows the digital world, and, and can help them. And um, what I'm worried about is, what really worries me is, where are children going who don't have the benefit of eCadet membership? Where are they going for their help? Because surely that is not a question that an average practitioner in a classroom could answer. No, and we're very sensitive. I mean, teachers need to, to have the, the, the confidence to be able to, to deal with the questions and mm. know that they have the support. And that's one of the reasons why, through the site, if you're in the, at an internet school, uh, any teacher at the school can also have an account so they get to ask us the questions. But right. as you rightly say, that's, that's an e-cadet school. Mm. You know, if, they're, if they're not an e-cadet school, um, they don't have access you know, through the site, they don't have the instant messenger, mm. uh, they don't have our backup. Um, and you know, that's one of the reasons why we enjoy spreading the word yeah. uh, and why whenever schools hear about us and see the impact of what we've done uh, and the fantastic, for example, the fantastic Ofsted reports that we've had through from e-cadet schools when inspectors have gone in and they've met their e-cadets mm. uh, and they absolutely love them. Um, you know, we hear all this fantastic work. So spreading the word and helping other schools know about us and, and know what we do is, is really important. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Where can people go for information about all of this, particularly if they're in Wolverhampton, because that's our, our audience this evening? Uh, where can they find out about what they're going to be having? And, and then, of course, if you could just answer me the question for people who are listening in a much wider um, uh, area of interest, if they're outside of Wolverhampton, where can they go for information? Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, if people are on Twitter, they can find us on Twitter, which is uh, our handle is at eCadets. Um, the main site that we have is eCadet.zone. Uh, and on there, uh, uh, if you are a Wolverhampton school, or, or even if you're not, uh, on the site itself, you'll see the very top, uh, it says free trial. Mm. 
So any practitioners who'd like to know a little bit more about the site and how it works mm. can log on for a free trial. Wow. Um, obviously, you don't see the full entire site uh, and certainly not the, the areas where um, it's the safe social network that we've built you know, for, for obvious reasons. Um, but they can see everything else in the site there. And if people do wish to go ahead and join, um, just to the left of that button where it says free trial, it says register my school. Okay. What you simply do is fill in that form and uh, within a couple of hours, you're up running in a way. Amazing. And, and all the advice, all the support, everything, is, it, it's all online? It's all available easily? Yes, yeah, it's all, all online. Uh, also, I mean, there's telephone and email support as well for, right. uh, for practitioners. So if they do wish to contact us in um, the more traditional methods, they can. That's not a problem at all. Uh, we also Skype into classrooms and assemblies. Uh, all of that's part of the package. So mm. there's no hidden costs. There's no uh, sort of loopholes that we have. Um, basically, whenever a school joins, they get full access to us, the site, and all the resources. And with a little bit of effort, does this tick the safeguarding box that Ofsted are asking schools to tick now? Yes. Okay. I guess that's the single biggest, <laughs> most important answer. The answer Because I'm getting the impression that whilst people think they're ticking the box i mean the question about minecraft is just perfect it's absolutely perfect i i don't know i've met any uh pre- practitioners who could have answered that question who are in that space who are focused on the same stuff that young people um are focused on and i think that's why we've got ourselves into this kind of mess because the technology has raced so far ahead we just haven't got our social responsibility kind of thing um in the right place to deal with it and that's why we're we're seeing so many yet more um articles and and newspaper reports about uh, children at risk here and we just don't seem to be able to make the headland and i like the sustainability about kids being responsible for themselves and responsible for training other young people because as we both know kids learn so much more quickly and so much more deeply from other young people and i think that's yes, really yes. good just amazing yes, just definitely and and uh, and as well as you say it's those skills not just for yeah. immediacy you know helping their, their their friends and their peers at that point in time but it's the skills that they then have for life because the the world which they're growing up in mm. will be completely different to the world that we grew up in mm. totally different in terms of uh digital technology mm. and it is you know it's evolving every single minute of every day which is why a lot of our work is actually spent in continual research and development and Absolutely. looking at the next wave and, and how that could impact on online safety and how it impacts on people's lives um but by actually staying in tune and in step with the digital world, mm. we find that the help and support that we can give is, is the right help and support for, uh, for the young people. But as you rightly say, it's, it's also about sustainability, and that's one of the, the really nice traits that we get to see is actually how people's behaviours, and mm. in particular their positive online behaviours, grow and develop through the scheme, not just the cadets, but all of their friends at school as well. Well, these are core um, citizenship skills, really. I mean, yeah, they are, and, yeah. and, and the safeguarding agenda needs to flow across that and almost everything else we do in school. Um, from where I'm standing, this looks better, e-cadets looks better value than any safeguarding conference on the planet uh, and should replace any meeting uh, of uh, old folk getting together uh, to blah, 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 discuss safeguarding issues. It's We're the kids, that's the, uh, that's the 
face of the problem and that's where the solution needs to come from. Uh, you're absolutely spot on. I enjoy every minute of every conversation with you, Henry. It's a, a real pleasure and thank you very much. And congratulations on the, the Wolverhampton pilot project. I'm so excited that uh, the schools that are benefiting from our, our mental health resources are also going to have a chance to, to bolster and support themselves in this fashion. It's just a real pleasure and thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much indeed. A uh, big thank you to Henry there. That's it. We're done. It's just coming up to four minutes past six. We are going to return you to our main programme. Don't forget, our next big OB is the next th- Wednesday. We're live from Willows High School from Educating Cardiff there. Amazing school. Really looking forward to that live show. Five o'clock till six. It's the Head Start show from there. For the moment, that's it from me. We're returning to the Drive Time programme and the podcast from the Children's Broadcast will be available on headstart.fm. Tomorrow, with a bit of luck, Richard, uh, Gavin, and Henry. Thanks very much indeed. Get a head start with Headstart.fm for a resilient generation in Wolverhampton with Russell Prue. Supported by the Big Lottery Fund, a new initiative for 10 to 14 year olds and their families from across Wolverhampton.